You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I know many of you had the same feeling that I had. Why now? Why make the change now? Wouldn't it have, wouldn't it have been better to make the Well, first, first of all, it could have been games ago. But wouldn't it have been better to make the change at halftime? So this way you can really see what's going on with Tim Boyle. What did you think was going to happen? In the second half with Zach Wilson, what did you think was going to happen with this Jet offense that finally found the end zone? What did you think that even with Nathaniel Hackett upstairs as opposed to downstairs, that there was going to be a difference in, in what the Jets were going to do offensively? You didn't, it, it, nothing. I mean, when it was 9 nothing, I texted some folks and said, this game is over. Because what has the Jet offense done over the past month to make you think that they could put a bunch of points on the board. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was only Zach Wilson that screwed this up. No, the offensive line again was struggling. I mean, the whole right side, Ed Oliver and company went by them like they were opening a door, letting people into a restaurant. Okay. They need, they've got it. Listen, this is, there's no better offensive lineman coming through the pike, coming through that door at one Jets drive. That's not happening. You're too late into the season. This is what you got. Did I expect them to try at least to put a tight end over there to help them out? Well, they didn't do it consistently. And then you lose Makai Becton to an ankle injury. I don't know if he's going to be able to go in the short week. So now maybe Dwayne Brown's available. We'll see. He'll be eligible to come off you know, the, the uh, pup list, so maybe he'll be available to help them out. But it's not just Zach Wilson. There's a lot of things wrong with this offense, okay? The, the, the not holding on to the football, the fumbles, still, still the mistakes. I mean, no, Zach Wilson is not the only thing that's wrong with this offense. There's no question about it. I mean, when you watch it, even Tony Romo so- showed you all the different areas where there was no separation from receivers. Where's the ball going to go? When the defense is right there and Gary Wilson's going to see double teams the rest of the season. That's the way it is. Oh, we got so much to talk about with the Jets and the Giants won today. We'll continue next on 98.7 ESPN. Benched for Tim Boyle, who came in 7 of 14, 33 yards and an interception. It's the drive on 98.7 ESPN. Hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Of course, we'll talk about the Giants win. Over Washington, Michael K will be insufferable tomorrow on the K Show, TMKS, 3 to 6.30 tomorrow. He predicted all week, Giants will win outright, Giants will win outright, and they did. I asked him for six lotto numbers earlier since he's on a roll. <clears throat> so we'll see if he can help me out with that. We'll talk Giants a little bit later. Uh, but I want to hear from you about this Jet situation, Jet fans. Is there any scenario, and once again, this is not all on Zach Wilson. And I know Greg Buttle talks about it, and he's right. It's not always about play calling. It really isn't. But it just seems as though it's not the same as what you see with other teams, right? It's not the same, not the same creativity, not the same Christmas. And I crispness, and I get it that you don't have the same personnel as a lot of other teams. But they just, don't, they just don't seem to have any answers. They try to make adjustments, and the adjustments don't work. I know we talk about them, well, they give up on the run so much. They give up on the run so much. But 
I mean, they all they, they just seem to be. We want to hand it off from behind the line of scrimmage. No line, and occasionally they will line, you know, they will line Brees Hall up outside, and they've done some things, and that's how they were able to score. So give them some credit there. But it just seemed as though the tight ends were lost. You didn't, you know, it, it's it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And I get that you don't have a lot of time standing behind the line of scrimmage because the O-line is doing the best they can. It's not getting any better. With these injuries, this is the best they can do. It's pretty sad, but it's the best they can do. So that means you really have to get rid of the ball quicker. And so when you've got a guy who is still trying to process in the back of his mind, don't make mistakes, don't turn the football over, and he's trying to process and trying to get get an opportunity to get rid of the ball and throw it to the right people, you know, sometimes you got to throw receivers open. And he, he's not been able to do that in Zach Wilson. And so once again, my, my biggest criticism of him is the things that he can control, okay? He can't control the offensive line. He can't control the receivers not getting separation. Those things he cannot control. And you started to see him do a little better in running the ball again. But if you're going to run the ball, know where the first down marker is. You can't run out of bounds short of the marker. you got to try to die for it to do something to keep the drive going. You know you don't have a lot of time. Throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, he threw it at receiver's feet, so that's better. But you got to throw it away. The things he can control. He's not been able to control. And I thought, you know, going back and forth, listening to Dan and Greg and watching Bart and Willie on SNY, and Connor and Steve, those guys do a nice job also. I mean, you know, Connor brought up a, a great point in that every time you look, the the play clock is always running down with Zach Wilson. You know, by the time he looks and sees everything, you know, either they break out of the huddle late. It's just, it's it's a lot of different things. It's a lot of different things. And they've got to find a way to of tempo, they got to find a way to do something to get this offense going because right now they aren't competitive. And oh, by the way, the defense did not have a good day today either. And we can talk about, yeah, they feel the pressure and they do. Yeah, they're on the field a lot and they are. But I give them credit to a person in, in the post game with Danny Gregg, you heard them. You know, we have standards better than that. We have to look at ourselves. They're not pointing at the offense. Because they had some bad plays today. They missed coverages, bad communication. Yeah, we get it. We understand that you know that you don't have a margin for error. We get it. And then you add the fact that it was such a blowout. And Buffalo, I'm sure, was had some you know really choice things to say to this Jet defense. It's got to keep you cool. It's just, it's, it's a lot of things going on. It's just a lot of things going on. And... You have a short week facing a Miami team that puts up points like it's a video game, like you're watching Madden. It's yards and points. It's going to be tough, especially when you don't score. I mean, the best defense against Miami is your offense because it keeps keeps their offense off the field. I just, with, with Salah pulling Zach Wilson this game, how do you bring him back in the short week? I don't see that you bring him back. This might be it. This might be it for him for the season. Why, how would you bring him back? What justification would you have? 
I mean, he's he's got to be the he's. Do you dress him even this week? Again, would he be a healthy scratch? I mean, Boyle, Boyle and Simeon's got to be one too. I mean, the fact that you pulled him out, how could you bring him back? I don't know. I don't see it. But Robert Salas said he'll make the announcement tomorrow. 1-800-919-3776. Let's hear from you. Let's begin with Subi in Midtown. Subi, start us off on the drive. Hey, Larry. Uh, fairy tale's over. This is the last time we hear from Jets upper management regarding draft picks because Mike Tannenbaum was the one to say, hey, what, what would be so crazy if they drafted a quarterback and Will Levis went in the second round? Imagine they picked him at 15 instead of the other guy who was not playing that much. So at the end of the day, Mike Wilson is not on the same level as C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and all the other rookie quarterbacks and second-year quarterbacks playing because he didn't play against big-time talent in college. He doesn't progress on uh, right after the snaps. You see it right after the snaps. He doesn't make the progress. So let's just put it out that this is the last straw. Joe Douglas, Rob Sala, they don't have any room for error. And next year, I think I have a feeling they're going to make the same mistakes. And I, I really want that Washington University quarterback, but I don't think they're going to get him. So let's all, that's all I got to say. All right, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Unless this season goes horribly wrong, horribly wrong, similar to what happened last season, I mean, I don't see the, I don't see them losing seven in a row. I, I, I don't. Although they've lost three. <laughs> I just think they're going to finish too high to get the quality quarterback that you're thinking of. But it will be a lesson to Jet management in that we got to do a better job in making sure we have depth, especially at the quarterback position, because you're expecting Aaron Rodgers to be your starter next season. And you saw what happened this season. And not just here. I mean, where did I see the stat? There's 10 rookie quarterbacks making their first start playing right now in the National Football League because of injury to starters? Backup quarterback is a premium, especially for a team that was talking about Super Bowl, talking about how to get better. There's a rumor, there's um, sources out uh, telling ESPN that the Jets tried to get Devontae Adams. They're really going to try again to get Devontae Adams and try to pair him with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's great. But can can we can can we get an offensive line going here? Can we get a backup quarterback in the event that Rodgers gets hurt? Those are the things. Those are the things that really hurt this club this season. Yeah, the offensive line. Listen, we know they've tried. They've tried and tried and tried and tried to get the offensive line going. But but. It, it's a it's a situation, it's a position that has hurt them because the talent has not been great. And the injuries are they're done for the year. Like these injuries have just been terrible. They've been brutal. So they've got a lot of work to do in this offseason to try to get this team better. Because as we're also seeing, and we were looking at, oh, you know, we got, uh, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers, oh, he's going to be – there's less talent on this team offensively than we thought. Right? It's Gary Wilson. Who, who's the number two receiver? It's not Lazard. 
it's really Tyler Conklin, the right, the the tight end. He's the number two receiver on this team. And so what teams have done is listen, they're making sure. Look what the Bills did today. Okay, look what look what Buffalo did today to the Jets. Conklin and Garrett Wilson combined for four receptions for 18 yards. Those are your top two guys. They took them away from you. Both of them. And we talk about, oh, they don't run the ball. They don't run the ball. Well, how are you going to run the ball with, with, with nine, ten in the box? They know you're not passing the ball. Sometimes you got to pass the loose, get that safety out of the box. Then you can have a chance to run the football. It's just a lot going on with this offense, my friend. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. A lot has to be fixed. It really does. Mike's in Miami. Mike, you're next on the drive. Larry, good to speak to you, my brother, as always. Hey, Mike. Um, before I get in on the Jets, I just have to make one comment about the drive. Mm-hmm. In all due respect, can we get some more consistency? I understand a Monday night game, you're not going to go on at 2 o'clock in the morning, but you have one hell of a show. I would really like to see, just like I watch SNY like you, Jets post-game show. I would really like to see more consistency. I get it if there's a Knicks of Angel game, but where you guys are, where you're on the air after each Jet game when possible. It just seems like it go weeks without we're getting this good format and platform from you. So that's just a little bit of an opinion on my part, but I really I enjoy you, your show. Thanks. Okay. I appreciate Thanks, it. My brother. Now, listen, um, here's the problem, Larry. And I sound like a broken record. We can talk. We can, you know what? When you put a stick on a pig, kill a pig. Okay? We don't have a quarterback. We make all the excuses and sit there and say, okay, in a little bit criticism on you. You said the defense didn't have a good game today. Hey, they made two bad plays. Um, granted, it can be perfect every week, all right? In a league driven by the offense, this offense led by Zach is pathetic. Zach Wilson is the problem. Tim Boyle, he didn't come in like the world on fire, but the offensive line, did you notice the protection with Boyle was much better than with Zach? Because as they said and you acknowledged, um, or reaffirmed um, when you let off your show on um, Jets SMY post game show. Connor bought. He doesn't process. Zach doesn't process. They um, um, Tony Romo mentioned it at the game. He's the, um, the third down play. He had the um, receiver wide open, but he takes too long to process. Mm-hmm. Zach is not the answer. He's a bust. They keep trying to force me. Insanity's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's over. Not I hear you, Mike. This experiment is over. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. He does. It's slow the process. And once again, a lot of it is in the back of his mind. Don't make a mistake. Don't turn the football over. So I got to make sure. He's like, I got to make sure he's open. He's got to make sure. You can't play like that. Sometimes you have to throw your receivers open. And the reason Tim Boyle leaves, the reason why the offensive line looked like it blocked better is because Tim Boyle talked about it in the postgame. 
I get my job is to try to get rid of the football as fast as possible, especially when you know you've got backups at the offensive line, especially there. You may not have that extra time. You know, you got to feel the pockets. You got to know. I don't have that time. I can't just sit back here and peruse the field. But also, can the can the receivers run shorter routes? You know the you know the line's not going to hold up. Can we get some shorter routes? Can we get some guys dropping down? Okay, send Garrett Wilson deep. Take take the defense deep. Run some people underneath. The Michael K. Show holiday party returns Friday, December 8th. I said Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. There's plenty of giveaways for fans in attendance, including ticket packages from the Jets, Knicks, Rangers, and Islanders, plus special guest appearances by Imani Tumor, Rick DiPietro, and more. So mark your advent calendars and get ready to spread some cheer at the Michael K. Holiday Party, Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City, in Garden City Park, Long Island. Brought to you by the New York Islanders, Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, Yingling Traditional Lager and Flight by Yingling, the perfect beers for the holiday season, Security Dodge, visit securitydodge.com and come get some selection, and benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundations. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Vision of what happened in that Jet locker room and just some of his thoughts being on the road with the Jets in the Buffalo. We'll do that at 1030. We'll take some calls until then. Like John in Terrytown. John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Just hey, John. To say, uh, how you doing? Good. Um, I called in week three after the Pats game uh, lamenting about Zach Wilson. And uh, if there was a time, if any, to trade – for a quarterback, I feel like it was after that game because, you know, my mother told me once, when someone shows who they are, believe them the first time. And Zach Wilson has shown that he does not have the facets of an NFL quarterback at any stage. Like, and I'd like to believe that Joe Douglas, I mean, anybody with a set of eyeballs can see this. And if Joe Douglas did not trade for a quarterback, I really feel there's only one thing that was stopping him and that was ownership. Woody Johnson has shown really, like, no consistency in putting together a quality organization because everything starts from organization and trickles down. If you do not have a good owner, you do not have a good franchise. And I feel like, like, look where we are. We've put all our eggs in one basket. Who made that decision? Ownership, influencing a GM. And it's just... Look at the situation we have now. That's a direct culmination of all those little decisions, not sticking with Mike White and going into the offseason. When Zach Wilson already lost their locker room, we've just watched it happen a second time. Like, you're right. Is he even going to dress for Friday? Like, this team, it's still directionless. And it's just, it's the most painful because what is this going to do to the players? Is anybody going to want to play for a team like this? Is anybody going to want to stay on a team yeah. like this? Yeah, that's an interesting question, John. Definitely. Thanks for the phone call because you look at, you know, you got you got a young nucleus here. You got, um, you know, you got guys like Gary Wilson and you've got Brees Hall and you've got, you know, these guys, are, are they going to want to stay? Are they going to want to continue to be involved with this if things don't turn around? Now, look, you, you can say about injuries and, 
you know, all that stuff. And there's there's teams that have not done well that have lost their starting quarterback. There's teams that are doing well losing their starting quarterback. Once again, it's it's about the team that you have around you. It's about the talent that you have. And it it's a tough situation. And they they should have done a better job in getting a backup quarterback with more experience than Zach Wilson. It's the bottom line. Ken's in Queens. What's up, Ken? Yeah, how you doing, Larry? Good, I Ken. want to rant on a couple of things here, starting off with, I don't know who I happen to like, my GM, how he got it so wrong with this quarterback. What did he see in this kid to draft him at number two? That's first. Second, this awesome offensive line he's been trying to fix for years. The only good guy we got out of it was Vera Tucker. Beckton, if this is season-ending injury, I guarantee you'll never see this guy ever again in a Jet uniform. That's second. Third, I'm watching Dobbs on Sunday Night Football put on a hell of a show for, for the Minnesota Vikings. These Jets never get it right, Larry. They never get it right. This offensive line, if he didn't draft Wilson at number two, he could have moved down and gotten two, three, four good players, and maybe he would have had some offensive tackles and players, and we wouldn't be in this position today. I hear what you're saying, Ken. Thanks for the phone call. Take a deep breath, my friend. Take a deep breath. You know what they saw with Zach Wilson? They saw the arm strength. They fell in love with the arm strength. He can make every throw. Look at him going, going across his body. Look at that arm strength. Look at him going down the field. That's what they saw. And there's always somebody, I don't care what the sport is, there's always somebody that thinks, I can fix this guy. I can fix this player. Yeah, they're not doing these certain things, but I can fix them. I know I can do some things. It's worked for me in the past. It can work for me again. And it hasn't worked. It's the bottom line. It hasn't worked. When we return, more of your phone calls and Rich Samini from Buffalo next on 98.7 ESPN. This, you're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. That's where ESPN's Rich Samini is standing by to join us in uh, an interesting turn of events. Rich Samini, thanks for stopping by for a couple of minutes. Well, Larry, uh, always a pleasure to join you. I'm still here at the stadium uh, finishing up some stuff, but uh, I'd love to talk about the game. Rich, the first thing that popped into my mind when Zach Wilson was replaced by Tim Boyle was, why now? What, what was it? Was there something that just changed, that snapped, that made them make the decision at this point in the game that was really out of reach the way this offense is played? Well, I mean, I think Salah was just grasping for straws there. I mean, he said after the game it was 29-6 to 6 at that point. He was just looking for any sort of spark. Um, I, I think that probably was an opportunity for, for Tim Boyle just to get some game reps. Uh, if he provided a spark, you know, factor into his quarterback decision, obviously he didn't provide much of a spark there at the end, although that's a very difficult situation to get thrown into when you haven't played football in a couple of years to get thrown in there like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to take him out at halftime had it not been for that late scoring drive there at the end. I think Zach probably preserved himself, you know, enough to get into the third quarter. 
And then at that particular time, yeah, I was a little surprised he took him out at that point. But to me, it was like, I mean, the game was over already. I think he was just trying to, like I said, grasping at straws. Now, I know he told the media afterwards that he would make a decision tomorrow, he being Robert Sadler, who's the starting quarterback. I mean, Rich, can he go back to Zach Wilson in this situation? Ordinarily, my gut would say no, just because Zach has been so poor and the offense has been so miserable. However, the one variable here is this is a short week coming up. You know, they play the Black Friday game against Miami, uh, even have a regular practice this week. You know, typically in a short week, teams will do walkthroughs just to preserve the players' bodies, and I get that. So this is probably going to be one of those weeks where they don't even have an actual practice. So would it be fair to start Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle without having like a legit practice an entire week? That's the one thing I think that will weigh into this. So it, it would not shock me if he goes with Zach Wilson again and gives him one more chance, um, I think the Jets know that if they pull him, I think it'll probably be permanent. and It probably would be like finishing him in New York. I mean, they demoted him twice last year when he was the starter. And now you demote someone when they're essentially the backup in a starter's role. I mean, and his future with the Jets, Officially, not officially, but unofficially, even though I've never thought he had a future with the Jets. The Jets were operating under this illusion that, you know, someday, a year or two from now, he was going to take the baton from Aaron Rodgers and become the starter. I think everyone who has watched Zach Wilson play knows that that was really kind of a far-fetched scenario. But if they bench him, uh, he's pretty much finished in New York. Rich, does it help influence Salah and Hackett that Boyle is familiar with Hackett's offense, so maybe even though you don't have the regular practice schedule because of the short week, that might make them consider going to Boyle with Simeon as the backup? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they made that move, I think Zach would be demoted to third string. I mean, I, like last year. I mean, if Zach gets benched, he's really going to get benched. I mean, we may never see him again. So... Uh, does it ho- does it help knowing the offense? Yeah, I guess it does. But, I mean, he hasn't had any practice reps, Larry. I mean, the mm-hmm. starter gets all the reps during the week. Trevor Simeon has been doing scout team reps, you know, for the last month or so. Uh, that would be a really big ask to put him in the game. But, look, these are the Jets. Sometimes they make crazy decisions. I mean, they started Joe Flacco a couple of times over the last couple of years when we all thought that was curious. So you just never know, I guess. Um, I, I think at this point, it's kind of hopeless anyway. They're four and six. I mean, they're basically out of the playoff race. But the important thing here for Salah is he's got to try to keep this locker room together. Uh, the defense, I think, finally succumbed under the pressure of week after week after week of just trying to carry this team. And you just knew it was going to collapse at some point. And we saw that today. The defense had a bad game. And so now Salah's mission here is to try to keep this locker room from imploding because if that happens and this team splits, then that is not going to bode well for Robert Salah's job security. Not at all. Rich Samini from Buffalo is my guest. This is The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. 
Rich, let's talk about this offense a little bit more on the offensive line. I mean, listen, it is what it is. These are the type of alignment that you have there. The one thing, and I don't know how we can honestly judge it, but I will say Boyle seemed to be able to get rid of the football faster, which is something, Rich, that I would think if you're a quarterback and you see how the offensive line is struggling in front of you, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's one thing Boyle said after the game. Someone asked him about what do you see as your your top attributes, and he said get getting rid of the ball quickly. So, uh, so maybe that's a factor in his in, that goes to helps him in his chances of getting this job. Uh, the weird thing about Wilson was he actually had been improving in that. Uh, I think I wrote a note this morning. I think over the last six games he had gotten his uh, release time under three seconds which uh, he had been over three for pretty much his entire career. And then just the last few weeks, he's gotten an under three seconds. So he was getting better at that. Uh, obviously, today today was just a jailbreak. I mean, Makai um, Becton went out. You know, you saw that. I was told it's a high ankle sprain. He was seen leaving the stadium in a walking boot. Um, so you got to figure, you know, that he's going to have an MRI tomorrow. That could be a substantial I mean, a player that size with a high ankle sprain, you know, you're talking about a few weeks at least. So who knows when he'll get back. Uh, Dwayne Brown is running out of days in his IR window. They have until Thursday to make a decision. Um, I don't think it's a fait accompli that he's coming back. I mean, that injury that he had is is fairly significant. Uh, so I don't if, – and if they can't activate him by Thursday, they may start the rookie Carter Warren at left tackle. And uh, so their their offensive line is just in a, in a total shambles right now. Rich, what's the frustration level of Gary Wilson and Brees Hall in this offense right now? Well, I mean, Garrett Wilson after the game was, um, I wouldn't say frustrated. I mean, he was barely speaking above a whisper. I mean, we were talking to him afterwards, and I had to lean in. And I was standing right next to him, and I still had to lean in. He was just so dejected I think was the word would be the word I mean he wasn't like angry and frustrated we've seen him in the past you know you know be critical uh, of the team and uh, you know uh, in the past he wasn't really critical of anyone he was critical of himself for fumbling that was another fumble that he's had this year so he was beating himself up a little bit but he didn't point the finger at anyone else or the quarterback or anything like that he was just an overall dejection I would say Rich, what's the, what's going on with Clemens and uh, Dion? <laughs> Clemens and Dion up there in the hallway. I saw you had your photo lens working. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? Uh, we were we're wait at you know in that stadium. It's weird. I think it might be the only stadium in the league where the players you know come off the field through the same tunnel through their locker room. And typically we wait right in the middle of, of that hallway for the players to come through, and we were gathered there. Uh, waiting for the players to come by, and then we just heard all the the noise, of, you know, going on down the huddle, uh, down the tunnel, and uh, found out quickly that it was and Doc a beef game uh, toward the end of the game. I think they had a, a disagreement, and it carried over right into the tunnel. And there were no punches thrown. Uh, Dawkins made some disparaging comments after the game about the Jets and how they disres- you know, were disrespected by the Jets, and he did. And Clemens simply saw reporters and turned around and walked right out of the locker room. He wanted no part of explaining what happened. 
And um, he's not a media guy, Michael Clements. So I think he mm. saw a bunch of reporters waiting and he just said, you know, headed for the hills. But yeah, it was a very loud dispute where the two players had to be separated uh, by uh, team. Rich, one more before I let you go, because you got to get out of there and, and make your way back to New York for tomorrow. Um, the pressure on this defense, is it, we saw it, and you mentioned it on the field, you know, this was one they, they really didn't have one of their better games. There's no question about that. How did how does Salah keep this defense together? I mean, they're, fa- they're going to face a, Mi- <clears throat> excuse me, a Miami team that puts a lot of yards up and the bit, the best defense for that Miami team sometimes is your offense keeping their offense off the field. How do they put it back yeah. together and get ready? Well, I don't think the Jets are going to be, reliable, be able to rely on their offense to play ball control. I mean, they they can't control the ball. That's for sure. that's for sure. So I think um, what uh, what you may see is uh, you know I think the defense has a lot of pride. And they had some. They have some good leaders on defense, like DJ Reed and CJ Mosley. And so, I, I think they'll be motivated to. It's, it's a national TV game. It's a Black Friday. It's the first time it's ever been played on Friday. Uh, it is, you know, arguably the best offense in the league. So I think that in itself will motivate the defense to play well. And they have to play better. Uh, they got exposed tonight. I think they were hoping that Josh Allen would revo- revert to his hero ball way of playing and getting impatient and forcing balls. And he really did not do that. You know, he played a smart game. Josh Allen didn't have the usual turnovers that he has against the jets. And he really, you know, picked them apart. And I thought, you know, Gardner didn't have one of his better games. He had a couple of penalties and he was the closest guy on that long pass. So, uh, yeah, I think the defense will be motivated by just by the kind of restoring their own reputation. And, but it's, it is hard, Larry, week after week when you, the offense – I mean, if it weren't for the fake punch by Morstead in the past, they probably they wouldn't have scored a touchdown today. You know, it was – they went 40 straight drives without a touchdown. Finally, they score on the 41st, and then they went back into their shell. So it's just really, really a bad situation right now. It really is. And uh, I don't know what happens from here, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who's the quarterback on Friday. Rich, safe trip back. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Thanks, Larry. Take care. All right. That's Ritz Amini. Covers the Jets for us at ESPN. When we, when we return, I used to talk for a living. When we return, we'll take more of your phone calls next on 98.7 ESPN.